Hi guys, welcome back to Women for Women Wednesday on My Opinion. I am joined today by the incredible Sheena. We actually were on a summit together and it's been a little while, but I'm so excited to have you here today on My Opinion. Sheena, welcome. Thank you, Maya, for having me. Super grateful to be here today to talk about leadership, which is def a topic that's definitely needed to talk about, especially in the time that we're in. I know as women, the pandemic has affected us a lot more negatively than men. And so I always say it's up to us to just rise up and boss up to the occasion. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're just nailing it. I'm just gonna let you go, go with this and run with that. <laughs> I love it. Yes, that's something that we really don't talk about a lot is that women really were affected so i mean in in ways that are just different than men during this pandemic right i mean in our careers i mean we're also moms we're also i mean just in so many different ways so i love that you brought that up i mean how do i follow that up that was amazing anyway <laughs> sheena tell us a little bit about what you do i mean you have an incredible podcast i mean congratulations over a million downloads you guys have to listen to it you're a published author now, but there's a lot of things that you're a leader in as well. So let's dive in. Tell us about Sheena. Yeah, for sure. So I was born in the Philippines and we actually moved to Canada when I was seven. And back then, growing up in Canada in the late 80s, early 90s, I never saw anybody that looked like me. And it was really hard to find any role models to look up to. And because of that, I was really ashamed of being Asian. At one point, I wanted to be a blonde haired blue-eyed girl named Heather because that's all I ever saw on TV. And that's all I thought being beautiful was. And it actually wasn't until my 20s when I realized changing my hair back from blonde to my original hair color, it made me realize who I was and it was okay to be who I am, Asian. I'm Asian. That's it, right? Like I can't be anybody else but myself. But I never saw anybody out there that looked like me who were doing amazing things, right? Of course, there's women out there who are doing amazing things, but because of how we're brought up, we're always told to never make any noise, never brag. It's shameful to do all those things. But I was also sick and tired of seeing the same five guys on stage all the time. And that's what I was like, enough is enough, right? And I told myself, if I really wanted that representation, it had to start with myself. And so that's how I started the podcast, by creating a uh, stronger representation of Asian women, highlighting their stories and what they've been able to do. And also dismantling this notion that all Asian women are quiet and submissive and obedient because we're not. And we're not just one thing, we're many things. And showcasing multifaceted Asian women has been amazing, right? Because I've interviewed Asian women who can fly a plane with their feet, who can skateboard without legs, who can, who writes Christmas songs for a living. Um, and it, these are not typical jobs, right? Like so cool. when you, when you hear these stories, you're like, wow, I didn't know these things exist, but you know, if it's possible for one person, it's possible for yourself. And mm -hmm. another reason why I created the podcast was because when I was dealing with my own confidence issues, I couldn't find anything that was catered to Asian women. So a part of me was like, am I the only one who's like going through all these things? Like, am I crazy? Am I the only one who doesn't feel confident or I'm going through all these thoughts? And as I was interviewing so many Asian women, most of them were like, I wish I had something like this when I was younger. And that's what I said to myself, which is why I created the podcast. And so yeah. when I started this, I had no clue what I was doing, to be honest. I just said I wanted a platform where I could share stories, um, empower women, especially Asian women to do and be more. And 
I mean, it took me a couple of years to realize what I really want to do with it, but I knew that I, this had to be done, right? Because back then too, in the world of podcasting, there was hardly any Asian people podcasting. There was probably like, I don't know, 10 people five, five, six years ago. And I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to be the one starting it, I'll, I'll go ahead and do it. I only knew like four or five people who are Asian, who were doing like podcasts. So Asian, um, so- let alone women. And so exactly. now you're bringing the blend together. I mean, like you're a rock star. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. And so, um, you know, back then I didn't really know what I was doing. I was too afraid to go out there too, because of how I was brought up. Right. I, you know, every decision was made for me. Failure was considered as something like the end of all that ends. Making a mistake was really bad. I had to be perfect. I had to like show the good side of myself, not realizing like it's okay to be vulnerable, to showcase some of the things we go through. Every single thing that we go through is not something bad. It's just a lesson in our life, right? Like learning to embrace rejection, embracing the unknown, embracing fear. And that's all a part of leadership. And I wish someone told me like a long time ago, that's all part of entrepreneurship. That's all part of life. And the more we can showcase that, the more people are willing to see that, okay, well, this isn't really as easy as we thought and it might take a while, but that's okay because it's worth the ride. So yeah, now I'm, you know, speaking about confidence and empowering women to go out there and do and be more. Also have a book called Asian Women Who Boss Up and Women International Women of Color Who Boss Up, which are amazing books that every woman should read. Uh, some of the stories in the in the book are amazing. Um, also help women build their self-confidence because I believe self-confidence and leadership go hand in hand. Like without confidence, you're not going to go out there and even just take that first step towards your journey. And the hardest part in any journey is literally taking that first step. Yep. I agree. I mean, in my opinion as well, I think it's absolutely like the hardest thing. I I think sometimes we get this like fear paralysis, you know, and like we just stay stuck because, but it's really just that first step. Even if it's just your little toe moving forward, sometimes I say, right, just get, just make a little move. Right. That's awesome. Sheena, your journey is so incredible. And it's, you mentioned this a little bit when we were at the summit together too. And I, but you're explaining it a little bit deeper here that you wanted to be Heather with the blonde (laughs) hair and the blue eyes. I mean, that is so deep, you know, and I know Um, a lot of the women listening to this can probably relate in one way or another. Like there's such a pressure for women to fit into a box, you know, whether it's, you know, you are not feeling like you can be Asian, right. Or you can be black or you can be just, I mean, or maybe you don't feel like you fit as a woman, right. Or, you know, whatever that is, we have so much pressure or to be a size zero or whatever, the hell it is like we feel so much pressure so i really love that you share that about your journey and i really love that you share too about you know failure and not being afraid to fail and you know i wish i knew that too and that's why i started you know my podcast journey as my listeners know is a little different you know i said somebody pushed me out because i was on reality tv and then i was like nope that's not for me and i totally relaunched but i was afraid But the reason I started this podcast is because I wish I had, to your point too, I wish I had somebody telling me when I was at the ripe age of 22 and thought I knew it all and then got thrown into corporate America in a very male-dominated company, I wish I had someone to listen to like 
myself and the women I bring on here going, no, you're not crazy. No, it's, yeah, you're being gaslighted. Yeah, this is happening, right? Like, no, it's normal to feel like, you know, really overwhelmed when you're sitting with a bunch of men two and three times your age in a, in a corporate, you know, environment, boardroom, this and this and this, right? So, you know, I love that you saw a need and you filled it because that's what you wanted. And I think that's very powerful. Thank you. I mean, it's not an easy journey for sure. Like we all go through our ups and downs, there are ugly crying moments, but honestly, when you look back, it's all worth it in the end. And I think we just need to showcase more women out there who are doing the work, who are going out there, showing their ups and downs, showcasing some of the worst things they've gone through in their life, but been able to get back up. Like in our book, Asian Women Who Boss Up, there's one lady who was diagnosed with breast cancer and was sued by the FTC all at the same time. She's been on my podcast. Is it Mary D that you're talking about? Yes. I love Mary. Shout out. I love her. (laughs) Oh my God. Her story is nuts, right? Exactly. It's so inspiring. Exactly. Right. Like if we can hear more stories, I'm not wishing to have bad things happen to people. Right. But I know there's people out there who have a story to share, but are afraid to share it because of what other people might think, but they never know what, who can they inspire in that, in that story? Right. I mean, there's probably a lot of women out there who's going through breast cancer, or there's a lot of women out there who's going through breast cancer and something more horrific, like being sued by the FTC. Right. And when we can showcase, like, look, she went through it too, but she was able to get back up and now she is thriving. Like if she can do it, so can you. And this is it, right? Empowering women through storytelling, surrounding yourself with like-minded women, having support, being able to ask for help. I know as women, especially Asian women, like it is a taboo to ask for help because it's like a sign of weakness or we feel like we're asking for a handout or it's a pride issue, right? We're too prideful to ask for help. And that shouldn't be the case. Like sometimes we have to learn to let our pride down and ask for help because that's actually what helps us, you know, fast forward our success when you're not doing it all alone, when you're with a team or with uh, a girl squad, who's there to help you side by side, to lift you up when times are down, to show you some of the mistakes that you're making, because sometimes we have a blind spot, right? And we can't see it, but that's why we have coaches or mentors or, you know, group coaching so that the other people can see your blind spots, kind of like driving, right? You can't see your blind spot unless there's a mirror and, we have to see it that way. I love that you brought that up, Sheena, because I, it's so funny. I just had another guest on using almost exactly the same analogy. So there's something to this, right? Like, and uh, you know, a lot of people will say to me, like, what do I need a coach? Like people that work with me or some of my corporate clients or nonprofit clients. And they're like, should I get one? Or, you know, what, what can you help me? Yes. Because it's really important for you to have that objective view, right. To come in and say, Hey, like, let me show that. Let me be that mirror. Let me show you your blind spot. Like you said, right. And, and help you. And it's coming from a good place when you're working with, with the right coach. Right. I mean, it's like any relationship, it has to be the right fit, you know, and then to go back to what you were saying too, you know, about asking for help. I've seen, I don't know if you've seen this, but I am starting to see a shift. I, I culturally I'm European. So I was kind of brought up like, don't ask for help, like just figure it out, like go from there. Um, so I can relate to you on that. And I have young women coming to me now, like in, in their twenties and, you know, and 
they'll ask me for advice and they're just kind of like reaching out like, Hey, I'm getting started with this. Or they'll come on the podcast and they just want to hang out afterwards and ask for advice. And I am like, so inspired by them. And I'm like, so pumped about that. Are you seeing a little bit of a shift in that too? Because I'm, I'm happy about it. I love it. I love the cultural shift in that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we recently had our Asian women who boss up summit, right? Yes, and we had almost, almost, we had almost 200 participants come in and, you know, a lot of them loved it, right? The fact that there wasn't uh, a summit that highlights Asian women was one thing, but, you know, just because we highlight Asian women doesn't mean that it's only Asian women attending. We had so, it was such a diverse crowd, but, you know, it was really important to, to showcase stronger a stronger representation of Asian women, right? Especially in business, especially in entrepreneurship, because society still thinks we're quiet and submissive and are still treated as sex objects. And a great example was what happened in Atlanta, right? Nobody treated the victims as humans. They were dehumanized. They couldn't even pronounce their name right or even spell their name right. And nobody realizes these are women who have kids, who are single mothers, who are grandmothers, who came to America, you know, we don't even know how they came to America. It could have been a hard time for them to come here, right? But nobody talks about that. They were all too busy about what happened to the the shooter. He had a bad day, you know, and really like just triggered a lot of emotions because this is not just one, this is not just one incident. This is actually, you know, years and years and years that nobody talks about that's been lumped up and kind of blown up from that one incident because we've been going through this especially you know with the pandemic right a lot of people think all viruses come from china and all chinese people are asian and so every single asian person gets targeted because everyone thinks we're all chinese and it and it it still goes beyond that because now a lot of latin latina and latin people are getting mistaken as asian so they get targeted too because of this mistake and so we really have to like talk about this, bring awareness to it, even if it's scary, because, you know, being a leader sometimes is just doing the hard stuff, right? Yeah. Having that backbone to like, go up there and say what you feel. And it's not always easy. Trust me. Like a couple of weeks ago, I was in this TV show. Um, it's, it's a huge network in China, right? And it's an English speaking show in China. And when I looked at how many followers they had on Facebook, I was going to like puke of nervousness because they had like 115 million followers. That's so exciting though. Yeah. And that one, thanks. And that one network and that show alone had like 60,000 followers. And I guess I'm pretty sure that was a popular show too, because the guy is like an award-winning host and things like that. But just the thought of how many people were watching really just it got to me. Right. But I knew that if I didn't go up and talk, even if I fumbled, even if I didn't know half the time what I was saying, even if I was stuttering, even if I blanked out on national television, I had to push through it. I had to show them that confidence is just showing up and saying how you feel and speaking your truth, even if you're nervous, even if you're scared, because you really have to learn to push through it because towards the end, you're going to be like, well, it wasn't as bad as I thought. And if I could conquer that, like I'm willing, I can conquer any other thing that comes my way. So um, that's part of leadership. And and people don't talk about that, right? People don't talk about some of the fears that we go through. What's what, like, sometimes they see us and they're like, oh, they, they look fearless. It's like, no, we, we do have fears. We just push through it. (laughs) The more we talk about these things, the more people can feel a lot better knowing like, okay, I remember her story. She was scared as F to like go out there and do her thing. And if she's scared as F as, as I am, then I can go out there and do it. I know I'm not alone in this journey. And the more we can just be vulnerable and be more honest and show, tell them the truth, like people are going to be 
feeling a lot better and knowing they're not alone, especially in the pandemic, right? All our mental health issues has, has heightened. I know it's he- mine is heightened. Like I get extra paranoid and I don't want to go out. I don't want to be around people sometimes because we just don't know. Right. But also I have to realize like, you know, this is also a different situation and this situation is also temporary and that there are better days ahead. And that's why now is the time to work on how to help women build, you know, build them up, be the leaders that they're meant to be and go out there and do something great. Because I believe women can change the world. And a great example is how the pandemic has been handled by the women leaders in this world. Like they've been able to have like next to nothing, right? They've been have almost zero cases a day, which I think is amazing. And I and I remember reading an article in Reuters how saying that, you know, in a post to have a post a successful post-COVID world is to have more women leaders. But the problem is at the rate we're going, it's going to take 130 years to achieve gender parity. And I'm pretty sure you don't want to wait that long. I know I don't want to wait that long. I'm not going to be here unless some exactly. crazy science freezing experiment happens. So I mean, and you know, I mean, this is the the leadership podcast for women. So what are we going to do to change that? Right. Sheena, we got to do this together, girl. So how are we going to change that? Right. Yeah, exactly. So that's why we have to help rise, help women rise up and also, also help them see how they see themselves. Because here's one thing I realized as women, we are so capable, more capable than we realize it's because of how we see ourselves. It stops us from taking that first step or even forging our own path. And you know, we have such a huge confidence gap against men. And I know it's part of it is how we're raised, uh, how society sees us, right? If a woman goes after what she wants, she's considered aggressive while a man is considered courageous. And I think it's such crap that we go through that. And you know what, if someone has to call me aggressive to make that change and they can call me aggressive anytime, right? Because now we're just fed up, right? We're fed up of all these things that's happening to us that's still happening to us till this day in 2021 and something needs to change. And so I remember giving a talk about, you know, the confidence gap and why it's so important for us to eliminate it and find different ways to do it. And some of the ways we do it is, you know, not being alone. You don't have to do it alone. Asking for help, pushing through our fears, embracing rejection, embracing the unknown, you know, working on our mindset. Also being being mindful of how we talk to ourselves, right? As women, we're so great at putting ourselves down, right? You look in the mirror and you're like, you look in the mirror and you're like, oh my God, your hair's a mess. Oh, you have a pimple on your face. Oh, your love handles are hanging out. What's wrong with you, right? (laughs) And I always tell people, you have to treat yourself as your best friend. And I have to remind myself the same thing too, because I can be super harsh on myself. And because you would never tell your best friend that you would never be like, oh, your, your love handles are rolling out. That shirt is not for you. Right. Right. you'd be like, who cares? Like you're beautiful just the way you are. And, and so the more we can treat ourselves like our own best friend, the more we can have even compassion for ourselves. Like if we can be compassionate for others, it also has to start with ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Everything that we do in our life has to start with ourselves, the inner work, the mindset work, being able to find tools and resources to, to always help us come back up when things don't go our way, or, you know, when, when things like the pandemic happens, right? Because, Self-confidence, I think, is something that we go through every single day of our lives. We always are going to have situations where we'll face challenges and roadblocks. But as long as we have the tools and resources to pick ourselves back up when we fall down, it's going to be a lot easier for us, right? I remember interviewing a woman who went bankrupt, bankrupt three times. And 
she said every time she got back up, it was a lot easier because she already knew what to expect. She already knew what happened. She wasn't starting from ground zero, right? So she's like, all right, been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Now I'm going to go back and get the duffel bag and do it again. (laughs) And then then she's like, oh, I fell down. I'll do it again. Now I know what I did. And the second time, and I'll be even faster the third time. So I think when we can just highlight more stories like this, like even, you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken, Colonel Sanders got a thousand no's before he got a yes. And okay, the- you're giving me chills right now, Shannon, because <laughs> so it's funny because my husband is a chef, right? And so he's yeah. had a lot of highs and lows in his career. And, and you can imagine through the pandemic, a lot of highs and lows happening right now for him too. And I come from the event space, right? So I decided to completely go out on my own. And like, that's still a part of what I do. But luckily I've had great success with my podcast and doing things like that too. But we- the pandemic wasn't easy with us. Right. And I use Colonel Sanders all the time. I'm like, you know, this man did not make it till he was like 60 something, you know, yeah. and, and he is a massive hit, not just in the U S I mean, he's a, he's a big hit in like China and over in Asia Everywhere. and like, they love him over there. Right. So, I mean, like, I mean, you know, he's not around anymore, but you know what I mean? Like, so that is one of my favorite stories. So we are so on the same page right now. And I, but I use that because it's like, you just have to really go with your journey and really believe in yourself. And I really love what you're saying about being your best friend, because you know what? The only guarantee you have in life is that you're going to be with you for the rest of your life. So you need to learn to be, to love yourself. Right. And some days you might get, you know, you go through all those emotions you have with any relationship, but you know, you know, sometimes you get mad at your best friend. Sometimes you guys have a little argument or disagreement. I mean, or you're not really friends, right? If you can't have those conversations, but if you come back to love and come back to acceptance and come back to that positive, you know, mindset that we talk about, because every woman that comes on women for women Wednesday, Sheena, they all talk about two things, one mindset and how important it is. And two, whatever they're doing, whatever their mission and whatever is fulfilling them as a leader, it all went back to something that happened in their youth. And you are no different, Gina, no different as Heather, right? So this is all like helped you transpire. So, but I really loved what you said about being your best friend, because you, you, you really do have to be and treat yourself like that, because no, you're not going to say those things to your best friend. Like you're going to be like, girl, put on those hot jeans look in the mirror. You're fabulous. Forget about him or her or whatever. You know what I mean? And move on. Like there are, you know, whatever you need or forget about that job. You need to treat yourself with that grace too. Totally. Like, I, I love what you said about that, but you're giving me chills with the Colonel Sanders because that is one example. I, I mean, there's other ones out there, but I really love his story. I really do. Yeah. Cause he did not take no for an answer. And I mean, we'll remember him forever. Yeah, exactly. And I, I keep telling that story and not just that story, even uh, the the author of Harry Potter, I forget her name, but she got take rejected it, by- Take it, Rowling. Yeah, she got rejected by 50, 50 different publishers before someone said yes to Harry Potter, right? And look at where Harry Potter is now today. There's amusement parks in America and Japan. Uh, there's still she a huge- She was on yeah. welfare. It's crazy. She, yeah. She was, a, she was a huge, like Harry Potter is still just as famous as it is today from- as from the first movie came yeah. out. And even in China, there's this one lady who created a chili sauce, but she really took, took it seriously, like at the age of 50. And now she's like a billionaire and she's known as like the hottest lady in China. So a lot of people it. feel like 
in their, they're in their thirties or forties and they're like, oh, it's too late for me to change something. No, it's not. It's never too late. I mean, there was another lady who got laid off from her job and she was 60 years old, but she actually got rehired for, from a startup and they hired her because of her experience for a startup. Like it would, they, she had the experience, she knew what to do so they can rely on her. Right. And she got hired at the age of 60 when most people are planning to retire. And I like, I love reading or sharing stories like these because it's really important to showcase that age isn't is nothing but a number and you can really go out there and do something with your life, especially now like, you know, I, we, we really wanted 2021 to be something great right and it can be if we want to but of course there's things that happen in our life that can really bring us down, right? Especially when there's death in the family. But it also makes us realize like life is so short. You don't know what's going to happen. It's so unpredictable. So that's why it's important for us to go out there and create a life for ourselves, right? Even if it sucks sometimes, because we're going to have to go through the suck, even if it's like, you have no clue what you're doing, because half the time, most people have no clue what they're doing, but you know where you're going, right? And you're going to, you're like I said, you're capable, capable enough to go out there and find ways to do it. And the best part is, you know, in this world of the internet, like you don't have to be alone, even though physically we are missing human connection, we can still do it through podcasting, through videos, through virtual events, through group coaching, anything, right? Like even just having a clubhouse chat, you know, that has been a huge thing. So, so you don't have to be in this journey alone. And being a leader doesn't mean you have to do it alone. Being a leader for me is like just going there and showing up and keep showing up for others. And they will all walk with you side by side. It's not who's more, who's more like, uh, I guess, who's the higher status than the other. No, we're all the same, right? Walking side by side. And that to me, what leadership is, re- is really, it really is about. And just telling them truth, showcasing them, like this is the stuff that happens and like, you have to learn that this is just all part of the process. I mean, if I, if I still had the same mindset as before, I wouldn't be here where I am today. Like, you know, I tell people how in the Philippines, I failed kindergarten for coloring outside the lines. And Stop so it, Sheena. Are no, you seriously, seriously, I had to move to another school and redo kindergarten all over again. And for the longest time, I always thought I was a failure. And you know why? Because it stemmed from that traumatic ex- experience in my life. And a lot of us go through so many traumatic experiences that we're not aware of that still triggers us. That's still stopping us from making that first step. And so it's really important to just kind of look back and be like, what are the, some of the things that's happening in my life to that's making me like be the person that I am today. Right. And the more you keep asking the right questions, the, the right answers will appear to you. I, again, I love it. And <laughs> what I think is so amazing about our, like I'm doing the little air bunnies for people just listening on audio, of course, but you know, what I really love about our failure quote unquote stories is they become what really inspire people right? I mean, going back to our friend, Colonel Sanders over here, like people get inspired by hearing, oh, he failed 12 million times before he made it in his sixties. Like that gets you going like, oh man, okay, let me go fry some chicken and figure this out. You know what I mean? It's like, it makes you want to go light that fire under your butt and go do what you really want to do. And it's like, oh man, I'm only actually 30 years old, or I'm only like 21 or I'm only 45 or whatever that man was like, you know, years and years and years ahead of me. Like, and he did that. Like I love a good failure story because it means it's a learning story. And that's why I'm so obsessed with it. And I love you sharing about coloring outside of the lines. 
<laughs> and that's, I mean, it's, it's all perspective too, for your age, right? Like, I mean, I share a lot on my, you know, solo cast, all my failure stories, because I hope, you know, and I get a lot of messages. They're like, thank you for sharing that. That was inspiring. That's really what I get a lot of messages about Sheena is, you know, those, because then people feel inspired and empowered by it because I'm like, yeah, I've failed 12 million times and I'm going to fail, you know, probably 50 million more before I die because that we're human. Right. But I, I don't believe it's like, you know, the end of the road. Like I either win or I learn, like there's no in between for me. And, you know, I really have become obsessed with failure in a sense. Yeah. It's, I mean, failure is a great learning experience, right? Instead of calling it failure, it's just feedback, right? You just found out what didn't work and then you just keep course correcting along the way. And there's, there's times where I talk to people and I stutter and I laugh and I say the wrong things because I was nervous, but at the end, I'm like, well, at least I went through that and, you know, it could have been a lot worse. And so we just have to be okay with, you know, that some of the things that happened to us and just look back and realize like, well, maybe it had to happen so I can share it on a podcast or share it on stage and help people realize like, it's not always perfect. It will never be perfect. And you just have to be okay with that. Um, having a, like when you can turn your pain into purpose, like pe- the right people will come to you, right? Because we all go through some form of pain, right? Whether it's pain of losing someone, pain of failing, pain of starting a business, pain of loving someone, like it, we all go through it, right? And sometimes we can't get out of our pain because of the stories that we tell ourselves. And that's why it's so important to showcase stories where people have used their pain and turn it into something purposeful, you know, be able to come out of it, be the person that they are today, because without these stories, then people can't see what's possible. And for me, representation is huge, right? I mean, I grew up with no, rep- no representation. And so for me, it does make a difference because little girls, especially little Asian girls can look up to other Asian women and be like, oh, if she can be an astronaut, I can be an astronaut. If she can sing Christmas songs for a living, I want to sing Christmas songs for a living, right? Like make the impossible possible. And yeah. I think that's all just part of leadership. I agree with you completely, like completely. And, you know, I, I think, yeah, I think it's really important that we do have people that we can look up to. And that's why I'm totally obsessed with, with what you do and what you created. And I want to go back a second though. So when you started this podcast, what were you doing at the time professionally? And then you were just like, I want to start this podcast. I know where the inspiration came from. We now as listeners know where the inspiration came from, but what were you doing professionally when, when this all happened? Like tell us Sheena's journey in all of this. Yeah, for for sure. To be honest, I was failing a lot. (laughs) Well, I love, you know, I love failure. So in my opinion, you were were learning. So that's what you were doing. Yeah. (laughs) I, I, you know, there was some things that I wanted to do. And it just like everything I did just kept failing and failing. And I thought maybe something was wrong with me. And then that's when I just really focused on the podcast. Right. I said, you know, I'm going to focus on this and figure out what I want. And, you know, part of me was also still scared, right. I was still scared of going, doing something different or doing something new and still part of, you know, still afraid of failing, right. Because I'm human and, you know, growing up when you've been told, a certain thing, or you've been hearing the same story or all your life, you still have a lot of unprogramming to do. Right. And that's why seeking help is so important so that there's someone out there who is pushing you to do those uncomfortable things. Right. And always trying to find different ways to help, help others, um, through your experiences, because 
nobody wants anyone who's perfect. Nobody wants to have to live up to that. It's exhausting. And, you know, just learning to be vulnerable and just, you know, show up as my authentic self. That's what really has helped me, um, you know, gain more, more, more things in my life, right. Having more business, having clients come to me or, you know, creating these amazing books that we're going to, that we have. It's, 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 it's like, you know, none of this would have happened if I didn't have any support system or if, you know, I, I didn't ask for help or the right person just came to me out of, out of the blue. Right. And, I know a lot of people are always like, yeah, I was self-made, but I'm like, no one is really self-made because we either ask for help or we have a team or, you know, there's always someone who's in our squad, right? Like, let's look at the biggest like music act of all, like uh, right now, BTS, right? Like they wouldn't be BTS if they didn't have a record company that really believes in them, that has a team that creates the sets, does their makeup, finds outfits, produces the music. I mean, they are where they are today, not because they're only talented, but because of the support they get, not only from their fans, but from their staff and companies. And, and because of that, they've become such a huge worldwide sensation. And so, and they say that all the time, you know, they wouldn't be here today without their fan base and the people who help them along the way. And so it's really important to, to, to have that support system because without it, you're going to feel lonely and then you're going to end up having low self-confidence from inaction because you just feel like you're not enough. That is a great point. And it's something that people to your point don't realize. And then I feel like you set yourself up for failure, which will be a learning lesson. And you'll get to the point we're talking about right now where you'll, you will find your tribe. You will find your support group. You'll find your coaches. You'll find your if you're podcasters like us, you'll find your editors and people will help you and get your tech and all of those things happening. But, you know, if you can learn that early on, you know, like it helps. Yeah. It really, don't really make the helps. same yeah, it's like don't make the yeah. same mistakes I went through, and you, you're going to delay like yeah, you're going <laughs> to delay like three, four years of your life, right? So, yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely, yeah. Nobody is really self-made. You, I do feel like you can be self-inspired, right? Might be a better way to put it. Um, you know, I mean, look at all these incredible, you know, entrepreneurs, people who had incredible ideas. You know, I mean. Mark Zuckerberg who came up with Facebook. I mean, he's not running that by himself. There's a bajillion people behind him, right? I mean, you know, the list goes on. I'm just pulling someone out of a hat, but that is absolutely accurate. And I want to go back to another thing you said too, about really owning, you know, just the fact that we're not perfect as, as leaders. And when we get on these stages and I love that you were on this TV show, that's incredible, by the way, again, I want to congratulate you. That's so Thank cool. You. But yeah, I mean, I've gotten feedback from people too, when they're like, you're just so confident. Like, you know, I, I can't believe that you've done this. I'm sure you heard the same thing after you were on the show. Like, and you're thinking, oh my God, I was like terrified as hell. Like yeah. had no <laughs> idea. Right. I was ready to like crawl out of my skin or my heart's like beating. Yeah. But I think it's so important that we normalize this for people, especially women, like know that like we're scared the first time we do an Instagram live. We're scared the first time we do our podcast. We're scared the first time we go on a flipping TV show with millions of people watching. Are you kidding me? Like, that's crazy. So like it's normal. Let's normalize being anxiety ridden, scared, all of this, but it's the people that just go for it. And you know what? 
the, if you like look at the fact that, you know, you're going to be your own worst critic. And so you're going to sit there and be like, Oh God, I probably said, um, like this, that, or twitched or this. And then people watching you are going to be like, Oh my God, you nailed it. Like that's the reality. That's what ends up happening. But let's normalize the fact that we're scared and like, just go for it and let's push people to do it. So I really love that you said that I had to go back to that. Cause that was a really yeah, cool. no, no, yeah. no, it's important. It's very important because we all go through some form of fear. And if we don't address the fears that we have, like people are going to think we have no fears. And for me, fearless isn't about having no fears. Fearless is about being scared and doing it anyway. And, you know, totally. a lot of like, I remember giving a speech to a kid, to a bunch of kids, right. Um, it was like, like a, a conference for kids on how to build a business and how to pitch. And they're like, well, what do you do when you're scared? I'm like, actually, I was really scared talking to you kids. Cause it's like, I, I honestly think it's harder to talk to kids and adults because their attention span is like, you know, they're thinking about other things, right. They're not really into it. And sometimes when you see them, they're like looking up, up on the ceiling or like, Oh my God, do I have their attention? And so I was telling them like, actually, I was just, I was really scared giving this talk to you guys, but I, I knew I had to do it for you guys so that you understand, like, it's not always easy to be up here. Right. And it's okay to be scared. And the only way to not be scared is to just do it even when you're scared, because that'll go away as you keep doing it. That's yeah. I mean, it's so important. That's so funny about kids. It's so true, right? Like it's so kids, <laughs> like kids are so funny and it's, it's true when you're talking to them. I have a nonprofit client that I work with and uh, they start fostering entrepreneurship, which by the way, I'm obsessed with all the way in middle school. Right. So imagine talking to kids about that. They're into it, but it's like, you know, in, in chunks. Right. So it is a little more terrifying to talk to kids. Cause you're it like, is. do they think I'm just like this stupid woman talking to them about this stuff? Or like, are they really into it? And then they ask you something beautiful like that. You're like, Oh, actually they're, they're indignant. This is cool. Right. So yeah. I love that. Like, that's really interesting. So Sheena, tell me, like, I know, so we have the book, we're going to plug this, we're going to talk about this, and you have your amazing podcast, we're going to plug that too in a second, but you work with clients too, you've been talking about that a little bit, tell us about that and who you work with. Yeah, um, so I really love helping, you know, especially Asian women kind of break out of their shell, because all our lives we've been told to just live one way, but really, and that living one way really hurts us, right, that's why, you know, as there's reports where, you know, we get more suicide cases or we get uh, more domestic cases and human trafficking and like all these huge things, right? Because of that notion, like we're just told what to do, never make any noise and just stand in the background. And that's not what I want them to do. I want them to be able to come out of their shell, to live as their true selves. And I know sometimes it's not always easy because of how we're brought up, but we have one life to live, right? And I'm not saying to like diminish any cultural upbringing you have, right? It's learning to see the good and bad parts of it and how to utilize it in your own life. Because there's still things that I do too to, in my culture that, you know, it, it is a sign of respect. And I do it because I understand why I have to go through it. And I also do it out of love, right? In, in a good way. Um, but you know, just tell, just, you know, helping them with their mindset, being able to also find out some of the traumatic things that happened in their life, because if nobody talks about the traumatic things that happened in their life, they're not going to go out there and do it. And even helping female entrepreneurs with self-promotion, right? As, as women, we're so afraid to promote ourselves. And I tell people like, if you're not promoting yourselves out there, no one's going to know who you are. Right. And just because you promote something once, they're not going to remember it. So and in like the law of marketing, I think they need to see your item like seven times before they even think of buying something, right? 
And I always use this um, story that I talk about, like I'm a huge K-pop lover, right? And there's this one group that I super, like that I really love other than BTS. And I would like just overplay their songs like every single day. And like my family knows I'll like overplay the songs every single day. And one time I was in the car with my sister and she was using her Apple phone to play music. And then one of the songs that I, that was in my own playlist was up there. And I'm like, oh, you like this song? Like, well, I keep hearing it every single day. I just ended up downloading it because unconsciously it keeps showing up. It keeps showing up. Right. And it's not like I did it on purpose. I just totally love it. But like, if you use that analogy and self-promotion, like think how many more people would come to you instead of like, you know, just being able to promote yourselves, put yourselves on, on TV, put yourselves out on podcasts and different medias and like constantly showing up, right? When someone sees your face all the time and gets sick of it, they're probably going to be like, hey, I keep seeing you around. Like, what are you doing? Like, I want to be a part of it. Or can I just ask for help? Or I saw you on, on this TV show and I just want to know what are you doing? And so I really help women just kind of break out of that shell too, to like be okay to promote yourself. And you don't have to do it alone right? You can do it through a book, like what we are doing, right? Like you don't have to be in this journey alone. And I think that's what most women think. Like they just have to do everything themselves, but you don't have to. And the, the moment when you realize like asking for help can really like uh, give you a bigger income and, you know, do like make more by doing less, like it makes a huge difference in their own lives, right? Because we want to have more time for ourselves, Right. And the only way to do that is to ask for help or have a team or have softwares that that, you know, automate things. Right. It'll make your life a lot easier. Right. I mean, this is not like 1990. This is not even 2000 anymore. Like we can automate many things. I tell my clients that to even my corporate and nonprofit clients, I'm like, guys, let's automate this stuff. We can do this even with, with companies, you know, we can do this stuff, even the social, like for them. So I love that you said, get, get your time back ladies, right? Like let's come on. And you can focus on the real personal connections and you can focus on your personal life too, which is very important. Having that work-life harmony. It's very important. So that's incredible. And I know that's something that really goes on, you know, within your culture, within, uh, for Asian women too, like you were saying, like, it's something that you guys, you know, putting yourselves out there is not something that comes super natural, (laughs) right? Like self-promotion, you know, you're told to be kind of modest and, you know, that's who you are. And so the fact that you're empowering Asian women, I think that's, so amazing. I think you're so yeah. inspirational. Oh, I, don't think you. I, told, I don't think I told you either. Sheena, like I'm in Atlanta. So that the incident you were referring to, like I'm here. So that was very, yeah, that was very intense. Um, so I just think everything you're doing and bringing awareness to it, um, you know, if there's a lot going on around this right now, and I think it's a beautiful thing. Um, so where can they find you? Where can yeah. these wonderful women, if they want to work with you, where can they find you? Yeah, for sure. So they can connect with me on my website, sheenayapchan.com. I have a free report called Eight Ways to Boss Up Your Confidence in Life and Business. So they can get a free report when they go to my website. I also do 20-minute complimentary self-confidence coaching for anyone who like that. It's also on the website. Um, you can also check out my podcast, the selfconfidence.com. And also on the websites, you can pre-order the book, Asian women who boss up. Um, we'll have the international women of color on Amazon soon. Uh, we're super excited as that as well. Like these books are, you know, books that is, I think really needed now more than ever, just because especially with women of color showing, you know, as women's, uh, it's just like a great representation of 
diversity and inclusion and also standing in solidarity in times like this, because we all go through similar situations, similar, you know, racial biases that we've been dealing with since we were growing up. And so it's, it's more important now than ever. So they can check that out as well. And if anything else, the easiest way to find me is to uh, Google Sheena Yapchan because I'm the only Sheena Yapchan on the internet. <laughs> there you go, girl. The only one. I love that. I know it's it's like when I was growing up, I hated my name. I say this all the time, but now it's my brand. Like it's my opinion. And then it's also my brand. And I'm the only one. So you probably feel the same way too, right? It's nice to be the only one. Yeah, for sure. It's a lot easier to find. <laughs> so much easier. So much. So tell me when are both of these books, I know they can find them on Amazon, but when are they both releasing? Uh, well, the Asian Women Who Boss Up book will be sometime in the spring or summer and also the Asian, the for the physical book um, and for the International Women of Color, probably like late summer. So perfect. So coming right up. Okay. Yeah. They're like so one after the other, but the Asian Women Who Boss Up book is available on Amazon for the ebook copy, but for the uh, pre-signed copies, uh, I'm, I am just selling it on my website. It's a pre-order and part of the proceeds will also go to nonprofit organizations that are fighting the anti-Asian racism that's been happening in Canada and the U.S. Which I'm obsessed with the nonprofit and with a great cause like that, I am even more obsessed. So I will include that link in all the show notes and on my website. Sheena, thank you so much for being on My Opinion. This has been incredible. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It was such a blast. Awesome. And thank you guys so much for listening to Women for Women Wednesday. We will see you back here next week on My Opinion. Bye.